Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Mordiot podcast. Back with me today, Executive Editor Charlie Levine. Charlie, what's going on? Dan, how we doing? Ah, awesome. Good to good to be back. Good to be back talking boats. Always looking forward to it. Oh yeah. We got a big topic to discuss today. Something huge. <laughs> the, the growing huge. the growing trend of the super console. Something we've been uh kind of reporting on for the last few years, but really in earnest in twenty eighteen with the introduction of the HCB sixty five. A story so big and popular. I think it bears repeating, but just give a little bit of perspective before we jump into where we are today. HCB 65. Guys, for for those of you listening at home, it, it is so hard to fathom an outboard powered super console unless you really see it in person, but I'm going to do my best to break it down for you. 65 feet is a length of one and a half school buses front to end, two telephone poles stacked together, and it is 15 feet longer than a New York City subway car. Charlie, it's, it's hard to really fathom. Yeah, it, it sounds ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> it is. When I did first hear about that boat, you know, when they showed the models, I thought it was ridiculous. And then when I saw it, it's it's impressive. It's a, it's a cool boat. It's obviously not for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's something else. And, and they really did set the bar when they mm-hmm. came out with that. And you were lucky enough to run it, right? You were one of the first. Yeah, I did. We got up, we got aboard when the boat was doing a, an East Coast tour. So we hopped on in Montauk and we always talk a lot. A lot of stories start with the walking up to this boat on the dock. It was certainly not hard to find. It's safe to say it, it stuck out pretty easily, but I didn't know what to expect going into that one. I, I was like, here's this freak show of a boat, three million plus. It's going to A-list celebrities and Saudi princes and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But really, I guess the most impressive thing was, even though it was a freak show in terms of systems and size, when you got underway, the boat seemed to feel smaller in the best way possible. I mean, it really it, it performed well. It ran, it, you know, 50 knot boat, thanks to the uh, our rest in peace friends at Seven Marine. But it was it was not just a toy. It was a modern yacht, a heavy modern yacht. I'm looking at the specs here. Sixty five thousand pound boat. Yeah, she was uh, a, a big girl for sure with the with the Quint 627s. And uh, the joke I always made was, I'm terrible at math, but it's a lot of horsepower sitting on the back. Yeah, that boat has an unlimited horsepower rating. I can't, I don't know how many Is that possible? Is that, that possible? I don't, that, that feels like it. Whatever you could squeeze out. on that transom, I guess you're good to go. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing. But I think why we wanted to start with this boat is, like you said, it really did reset the bar for what is possible what's practical and it was kind of funny because you know we were talking the other day after your day at lake x and and some of the boats you tested there it's it's the 65 is kind of and also boats like your 60 foot midnight express i think they've desensitized us to what a big outboard power boat is these days yes i would agree with that for sure i mean to think of a, a 45 foot and up boat powered by outboards a few years ago that was unheard of mm-hmm And a lot of that's driven by the motors, obviously, because these big boats wouldn't be able to do it without boards unless the outboards grew and grew and grew. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Mercury came out with the 450, Yamaha came out with the 425, as you mentioned, 7 was around. Right. And now we have the Mercury 600 horse, which has that two-speed transmission to really get you up on plane quickly, um, which is what you expect of an outboard-powered boat, right? You don't want to... 
jump on a boat that has outboards and have it take, you know, 20 seconds to sort of slowly get up on plane. Mm-hmm. That's just unacceptable. <laughs> right, right. Especially for the money you're putting into it. Yeah. So those boats on Lake X, one that really stood out for me was this Formula 500 SSC mm-hmm. because it was such a big boat. It's 47,000 pound boat and it had four of the Verado 600s and that boat got to 20 mm. miles an hour in less than eight seconds, 30 miles an hour, just about 13 seconds. So are there faster boats? Of course, but mm. that's impressive stats. You're getting up on plane and it's performing at a level you would expect of an outboard powered boat. It just happens to be 50 feet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with a, with the staterooms and, you know, everything you would want in a yacht. It's not your typical center console or super console which i have to ask is that a phrase we who who came up with that you know we're gonna we're gonna gonna take a little credit for it we'll uh (laughs) we're gonna say power mordia because because why not i always wanted to invent a phrase so let's just uh let's just keep saying it hopefully it sticks they are super for sure but it's an interesting thing you know i'm glad you brought up the mercury because the one drawback to the outboards you'd say cost and, and things like that but it's been a war for torque it just it was the even fast impressive boats like like the hcb it took a it took a while to get up on plane now once when you were on plane it, the thing was a rocket ship but you were pushing a lot of water in the mid-teen knot range and you had to really push on the throttle not be not be too timid yeah, this changes it. The one thing I didn't, I don't think we really covered in our last conversation was just how responsive that new Mercury is. Mm-hmm. So even on the formula and the Tiara 48 we ran, you hit the throttle and they have those, you know, next generation electric shifts and throttle control. And it was immediate power. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. boom, you know, and it really reminded me of a muscle car. Growing up, my friend Jeff Gardner, hey Jeff, if you're out there, uh, he had this really bitchin' Chevy Nova with a, with a 454 in it, and it was one of those cars where you just, it was so responsive. We'd, you'd hit the, the on-ramp to the highway, and by the time you're on the highway, you're going 100 miles an hour. It was just mm-hmm. pure power. Mm-hmm. And that's what driving these boats was like. Even the mid-range power, very, very head-thrown-back kind of responsiveness, right. you know? Right. And do you do you credit a lot of that to the to the two speed transmission of it? I mean, this isn't just a horsepower thing because we've been on boats with tons of horsepower that didn't have that feeling. Perhaps I would have to ask some of the engineers a little bit more. I guess on the initial acceleration, yes, because you're in the lower torque gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that mid range power, you're yeah. not in that lower gear, and you're still getting the. I mean, it's probably a number of factors, but it it was fun. <laughs> it was just. Keep, keep rubbing it in, Charlie. I got another. I got another assignment for you. Well, it's, that's what boating's supposed to be, you know. If you're not, if you don't have a smile on your face when you're zipping around at 50 knots, you you're dead, yeah. man. You're, what you're, the hell? you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. A- absolutely, good point. So, not to dwell on these on the on the Merck question for for too much longer, but to me, it feels a little bit like it's we got this chicken and the egg scenario where been the outboard power that's that's driven. The lines driven that barrier of, okay, can we beat, can anybody beat the 65 foot mark? And I know there's a couple of people nibbling around the edges, but I mean, what do you think? What's get, let's get it out of your crystal ball and who, who cracks, who cracks that four minute mile on the 65 foot barrier? That's a great question. And I, you know, 
I, I don't like to make predictions. That's why I never got into reporting, I guess. I do have my magic eight ball over here. We'll have to consult with that in a minute, but sure. I think it makes a lot of sense for a custom builder to be able to crack the mold first because they could do a one-off boat easier than a production builder. You know, a production builder has to invest in molds and creating an assembly line and getting the yard and tooling Mm -hmm. all correct. You know, there's a a really mega large investment to start Mm -hmm. doing that. So I think for a lot of these builders, it's kind of – the customer takes them where they're going to go. Yeah. So if someone were to walk into one of these shops and say, you know, hey, Jim Weaver or Jarrett Bay or maybe Viking, you know, I've got the dough and this is what I want. Will you build it for me? Yes or no? I think they'll say yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's such an interesting and such a good point that that perhaps the custom Carolina guys – might secretly be working on something like that right now. It's just uh, the some you know, of these, risk reward is, is, is there. The European builders as well. You know, mm-hmm. the, I'm seeing some renderings and things coming out of Italy. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. It's, you really don't know. I think the motors are not done growing either. The outboards are going to keep bulking up as you said in our last <laughs> talk. And, Oh, Um, yeah. They're eating their Wheaties. They're more than Wheaties, man. They're (laughs) shooting the juice. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Now, we got two questions going on. I mean, one, I want to back up. I'll throw out. You're absolutely right. We see renderings all the time and and designs that are floating around floating around the Internet that you, you never quite know if they'll be built. But Gulfstream is one builder that it, it for no coincidence has renderings and plans out there for a 66 footer, you know, no, uh, yeah. surprise, surprise where they came up with, with that LOA, but you know, Gulfstream, I gotta say, they might be the ones to do it. They've come out with some bold designs in the last few years. And you know, even though it's, it's funny, we, you know, we go to the major shows and, and we know what kind of showstopper those boats are. I mean, I literally will avoid the dock that Gulfstream's on because you'll see hordes of people taking selfies and cell phone photos they never quite got that scout level notoriety, but uh, I think that's a builder to watch out for. Yeah, they build a, a very cool looking boat. They have a 52 that's been around for a little while now, and I've seen it at the boat shows like you. I walked on the boat and and you know opened all the hatches and poked around. It's a little mm-hmm. different because they do offer it with a, a proper pilot house, yep. and it has sort of an angular. Um, spy, you know, James Bond kind of feel to it. Well said. But the beauty of that is you have air conditioning in there. You're out of the elements. A lot of center consoles, if you running around with the wind in your face at 70 miles an hour and bouncing around and it, mm-hmm. t- it takes a lot out of you, you throw a pilot house on that boat and it's a Game different changer. experience entirely. You can have a conversation. Yeah. You can entertain while you're still, you know, at cruise. And the videos and things I've seen of the boat, it looks like it performs for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about Gulfstream other than they're based in Tampa, and you know, they do use a lot of flotation in their boats, which I think is interesting because with all of that weight on the transom of mm-hmm. these boats, with 
you know, six outboards. You need some serious buoyancy back there to make it all work properly. So we'll see. I think yeah. the the models of that 66 are pretty cool, right? I mean, it's got these side, it's more of a walk around. It's got, you know, the wide side decks and more of a sport fish look to it. With, yeah. You can get it with a flying bridge. Um, but it's, it's an interesting looking boat. Step hull, Michael Peters mm-hmm. design, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one we should we should dig into a little more. And uh, you know, last thing I've been wanting to sneak this into the to our conversation, but you mentioned that that boat's available on a flybridge. Uh, I actually think you know, as we get motors like like the Merc and some of these torqueier engines, I think we're going to see even more outboard power flybridge boats. I mean, right now there's uh, I mean, I know Cutwater and Genoa each have models, but uh, I I think we're going to watch for that trend coming over the horizon yeah why not i'm i mean i love a flybridge there's mm-hmm. no better place Same. to run a boat in my opinion uh i i don't see why not and with the outboards you achieve so much more space inside so if you have all that more space and you add a flybridge right i mean you're it's a completely different boat really than it would have been on an inboard powered situation however I'm sure those builders are more than happy to offer it as an inboard as well. I think the builders are really just trying to give you options. They sure. want an owner of all different types to walk in their their showroom and say, "Okay, I like this, but I'm more of a diesel guy, you know, or I want blah blah blah." I think that's the game is just offer them everything they could possibly want so they're not going to go across the street to the other guy and say, "Oh, it's such a good point. I mean, I know, you know, just four or five years ago, which might as well be an eternity in, in boat years, but, uh, you know, a number of the Down East builders were like, nah, you know, we're not chasing this outboard craze. Uh, flash yep. forward, we'll eating those words because, again, what, uh, what you just said, options. Yeah, right? Options. And it's, there's a lot of benefits too. I mean, there's benefits to both, but, you know, where I live in Florida, people like to just nose up to a sandbar and hang out for the day. And when you have outboards, that's no problem. You mm-hmm. know, you have running gear and shafts and all that stuff in the water. Not really something you want to do. Different game. Yeah, no, for so, sure. And there's, you know, fishing with a center console boat. You have so much room to fish. And the only downside might be is if you're a real heavy tackle guy with a fighting chair. Um, right. It's not ideal for that because, you know, obviously you have to get the rods out past the motors. But Boats are made to go forward, not backwards. So a center console, you put the angler up front and you just, you can chase any fish down. It's, mm-hmm. it's so much easier and efficient. Uh, and these boats can go anywhere really that a big sport fisherman can go. I mean, given you got to pick your days a little bit, but right. you, you're 50, 60 miles offshore. It's not uncommon at all to see it. 25 30 foot center console i mean there's sure. probably more of those out there now than the other boats right and a lot of those guys are coming out of the big sport fish into the center console world now because they can get a center console with a sea keeper with a generator with air conditioning with a v-berth with a stand-up shower you <laughs> it's all there no it's 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 a good point and you know we talked a little bit about why that why that trend is ex- exploding and it's funny for me but we, we are seeing a lot of people quote downsize from convertibles 
down in, into the center console market for those reasons. It's, you know, they don't need three or four staterooms anymore. They're not doing the long, maybe long summer cruises, but you can overnight in relative comfort now. That, that was not the case not too long ago. And you can go 50 knots. Well, there's that. That, that, always, that always helps out a little bit. I mean, time is the ultimate factor in a lot of people's lives now. We just don't have Boy, like time that. to go on a friggin' sailboat. Oh, ooh, ouch. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. It's You're not, but that's, that's what makes it funny. It's no, like, life's too short, man. I, I get that. Just trying to find time. Like, even... I just asked you for Friday off to go fishing because my weekend on, you know, it's we got karate on Saturday, football conditioning on. There's not a lot of time in people's lives. And so these boats are less maintenance in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. They're fast. They're efficient. And they're fun. Let's, let's, we not, let's we not forget. Hard to have a bad day, like you said, going 50 knots. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Charlie, it was something something you touched on, and I think what we'll probably wrap up here on is, you know, who is gonna who's gonna answer the door to Mercury Six Hundred? They're they're ringing the doorbell. Who's who's coming after them? Suzuki, Yamaha. Well, it's really funny you say that because just this morning when I turned my computer on and looked at my email, there was a an invite for a new product launch from Yamaha Outboards. So coincidence, coincidence. Yes. You know, I don't know. Obviously, they have the 425, which has been popular on boats, especially like the big 45-foot Grady White and uh, some of those large cruiser center console boats. They obviously have the muscle and the innovation to do it. Again, I think it's going to be customer-driven if a company such as Grady White says, look, Yamaha, you're our exclusive power supplier but our customers want a bigger boat, so yeah. you got to give us that 602 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. The, the Yamaha 601 would be uh, <laughs> would be pretty good timing, and would just be some some incredible news. But now you got you got to think that this horsepower arms race is just beginning, and uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting with these see what these other guys come out with. What do you think about? The diesel outboards. I mean, they have a 300. That's, I mean, it's an interesting question. It's, I think that's, to be honest, not to hedge too much, but probably a discussion for, for a separate pod. But we've been following companies like Cox and, and Ox pretty closely since, since Bill got out on those, uh, those Cox engines. Jeez, it must have been a year ago now. Both companies have major funding. They're making a lot of progress. Will they ever really be in this in this arms race that we're talking about? I don't know, but uh, there's something to watch out for. I think they're going to have a place in the future. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that for sure. And I do think this V12 Mercury Verado, they can get more horsepower out of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they launched a Mercury racing version mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. – because that's a naturally aspirated motor, which means there's no turbo on it. So I don't know. In the automotive world, there's some V12 engines that they're pulling up to a thousand horsepower out of. Mm-hmm. I'm no engineer. I don't know how they do it. I just like to drive them. So yeah. if you're listening, Mercury or Yamaha or Suzuki, like we're more than game to. Uh, to wait, wait, test wait, wait a second. I, I'm coming down next time. Wait a second. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, we bring the whole crew. I got we, serious envy still from that Lake X trip, but uh, 
Now, as as always, there's some some great reporting here, Charlie. Looking forward to uh, your reviews on some of those other boats that you mentioned that you got on it at Lake X. And uh, when we give that crystal crystal ball a shake, just for good luck, is is someone going to beat that 65 this year? It says concentrate and ask again. See the trick with these ooh, things. Ooh. Is you just keep asking. That's the worst. The worst kind of answer. You keep asking till you get the answer you want. It says most likely. Oh, okay. Well, I think on that note, the uh, the Magic Eight Ball wins the day, <laughs> guys. Charlie, as always, good talking boats with you. Yeah, this is for, fun. For those out there that found any enjoyment in the in the pod, I hope that you will like and review us. And, of course, stay tuned for our upcoming issues of Power and Magazine, which fuels all this great reporting. Until next time, guys, we'll see you out on the water. Later, Charlie. Take care, Dan. <laughs>